Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Next Stage. In this week's episode, me and Tyler had the opportunity to listen and hear from an incredible role model and legend of the BMX world, Jamie Beswick. I met Jamie a few weeks ago at the Belgian Waffle Ride and knew from the get-go this guy just saw it different. He saw the positivity, he saw the light, he saw the beauty of the world. And I was super excited to have him on the podcast. So this was a great episode to really just get inspired and get uh, motivated to go out and actually achieve your dreams and do your best. Uh, lots of love to Jamie and everyone listening. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello. Hey, Jamie. Hey, how you doing? Oh, it's so good to hear you, man. I'm doing great. How awesome. you been? Yeah, good. I just got off the phone with the guys at Hydro. Oh, no way. Greg? Uh, John. Oh, nice. Hornbeck. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Did you meet Hornbeck while you were at uh, um, BWR? I think so, yeah. I think I did. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, no, it was cool. They they asked me, you know, do a little interview for Hydro and, uh, you know, about BWR and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was uh, it was neat. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice. That's awesome. What, what, uh, we just got uh, Tyler on. He's my other, he's the other, like, podcast host. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Tyler. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for coming on. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, it was awesome. So Tyler races for the the American Crit Team Legion. Uh, oh, very cool! So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're so not he one takes of the... care of the road scene, and I I take care of the gravel. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, they've uh, Legion's got some incredible riders. They're uh, they're they're a great looking team. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's it's fun to be a part of for sure. I'm yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's it's blowing up too, so it's it's exciting. Yeah, no, they've uh, they got some great sponsors, great riders, and uh, they got a great following. So yeah, all things pointed towards the good. Yeah, yeah it's pretty absolutely. it's pretty incredible what they've created, huh? Yeah, no, it's it's good to see. You know, I, I think it just goes to show that you know if you don't follow the normal route that's expected of uh, you know kind of uh, American or world teams, that you can build you know something special and something that you know, is accessible to, to everybody, not just, uh, fans of, of road cycling. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the business model that Justin and Corey are following. So, I mean, it's, it's hard cause you want to, it's so easy to get sucked into the, the normal traditional route and, and there's like opportunities to do that. And then, and, but at the end of the day, like that route is proven to not be successful for the longevity of a business. So, and yeah. then on top of that, like there's the, the amount of the movement and the following that's behind the team. Like I've come from, you know, the same background as TJ and, and doing the traditional Euro road road stuff. And the following that this team has is, is just, it's on, it's incredible. I mean, we, before Legion, I was on um, Israel cycling Academy and right. I mean, that's like, that's like a, team with a nation behind it and it wasn't even close to the same level that we have of support so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome it's awesome it's exciting yeah no uh israel 
Israel's having a, a decent run at the Vuelta with Dan Martin. He's, they uh, are. They are. He's doing great. Yeah. Yeah, it's good it's good to see them up there for sure. They've yeah. you know, they spent a lot of money to to be to be contending. So. Be where they are. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I you've mean, got they spend some even more for next year. Yeah, you got Chris <laughs> no Froome coming over. So Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that one should be interesting. Him what do you think about Woods that? And... Uh, I don't know, you know, I think after that crash, I think he's he's going to find it tough. Uh I, I you know, when when you when you look back at Froome throughout his career, it was always that you know uh, it, it was always that thing he had where everybody knew he was a dominant rider on the climbs, and uh, you know he could turn it on at any moment. So him and and his team were almost stalking the best riders in the peloton and just you know really putting them to the sword. But now you're seeing that the bulk of the riders that are dishing out the uh, the beatings on these climbs are all young guys, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just a different breed of rider. And they're not, you know, they they don't kind of bow down to the might of one team like they did before. Even though Jumbo has has really, you know, kind of uh, been dominant at the Tour de France and and the subsequent other tours, these young riders are fearless, and you know, they're they're not scared to go alone to to go for the victory. I think that old school, yeah, I think that old school mentality of, all right, you're a first year, you have to wait your turn for these couple of years to then have a shot at even doing a bigger race. I think that's kind of out the window now where these teams are seeing, like, like you said, these 19, 20, 21 year olds are, you know, now winning the Tour de France. Uh, So it's pretty impressive uh, to see, these young guys crush it like how they are this year, especially this year. It's been incredible with Tao winning the Giro. That was amazing. So yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to when they let Sep Kuss off the leash <laughs> and allow coming. him. You a big just, Sep fan? Just go for it. You know, I, I, I can honestly say he never came up on the radar until this year. And nice. I, I just have this enormous amount of respect for a young man who is so patient and and so willing to work under for the instructions of the team leader that it is just admirable, you know. I mean, he is so selfless in what he does. He doesn't expect anything. And he will go out and lead Primo all the way to the top, knowing full well, you know, he could he could get to the top before him, but he does it because he... He has that team player ethic in him. And the, the goal of the team is to, to get the GC, and Primo is their GC guy, so he plays his part. Yeah, he's – I yeah. mean, we had him on our podcast and during, during like, lockdown. It was, it was like, like four, May. I Yeah, think. it was early on. But yeah. he's one – He like, was still riding mountain bikes at that time before he, the prep. But he's one of the, yeah, really authentic dudes that, yeah, you can really cheer for. He's a really great guy. And just yeah. insanely talented. And just cooler. Uh, I mean, such a cool dude off the bike. I mean, so chill, talks to everyone, hangs out with everyone. Uh, real cool personality. So, yeah, way cool to hear that he's gained such a big, bigger fan base uh, off of, obviously, yeah, his results this year have proved that. So, yeah. real cool. I watched, cool. Him, uh, I watched him ride up the Langrelu yesterday, and 
he literally it looked like he was out on a Sunday ride. Just <laughs> uh, he looks like he's just like having along. fun, yeah. Just out he's cruising. just enjoying riding his bike, man. That guy yeah. just loves riding his bike. I mean, I I remember uh, he came to ride in Utah, and uh, we went for this ride. I mean, and the road ended with snow, and this guy was continuing to push on, like he rode as far as hit then he could not ride anymore. So until his bike basically stopped and he tipped over. So he just loves riding his bike. That's awesome. So, So, I mean, your background is obviously BMX. Everyone probably knows that, but like, when did you start following road cycling? Like that's not necessarily, that's the same, you know, it's a bike, but it's different. Yeah, no, I, um, I've always rode road bikes because they've always been a great, um kind of release for me mm-hmm. you know to get out on the roads to see like you know life from a different point of view to enjoy the sights and um you know to use the cardio aspect of it too was really beneficial for me as a BMX rider and the the more i got involved in it the more i would you know start going out on the club rides doing the grand fondos doing the centuries as everybody everybody does and and then you know like everything in life there's always you know even even for the amateur even for the 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 guy that sits at a desk for eight hours a day five days a week you know there's there's always a competitive element that comes into everything that he finds um you know as uh, a side hustle for pleasure Mm -hmm. you know for for that distraction enter strava both (laughs) might well change to know that I can get a hypothetical little crown on my phone that tells me I'm the fastest over a segment, it was like, all right, this is awesome. So it made it made something that I did for fun that much more fun because, you know, I'm, I'm a competitor. I've been a competitor on my BMX for many, many years. And while I've enjoyed great success there, I, I never really had, one, the body type or, or the, the kind of legs to be uh, somewhat, you know, kind of, uh, you know, proficient at, uh, at road cycling and what it would take to be good at road cycling. But, you know, here's, here's something that I can speed around my, my local neck of the woods and, and get some kind of success and, and some kind of uh, merit uh, for me having fun. So, yeah, no, I've always rode bikes, always rode mountain, always rode road. And then jumping into gravel last year was you know, kind of one of those moments of where I literally said to myself, I wish I bought a gravel bike five years ago. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I feel like what everyone's response is. That's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, like that hits on, I think like what's so appealing about our sport across all the disciplines is like the accessibility of competition. Um, you know, like it's a personal challenge and anyone can go, hop in a, a club race or, or just a, like you said, like a club ride and it's like first one to the top of the climb wins or whatever. And, and it satisfies that, that competition bug for a lot of people. Yeah, it does, you know, and, and, you know, uh, as well, you have to think that, you know, for a lot of people, they get into biking for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, it's to ride with their kids or it's to lose weight. It's to, you know, um, to find a, a cleaner alternate source of transportation, you know, whatever your reasons, like 
there's always something that drives you to to pick up a bicycle. And, you know, uh, the more you get down the line, the more you realize that, wow, this is making me fitter. I'm starting to go faster. You know, you ride with different people in the community and you, you really see that there's something to really embrace amongst the riders. And, and the, there's also an element of fun in in the journey of, of getting fitter, getting faster. And, you know, when when that kind of little camaraderie and competitive element, you know, kind of gets interjected into it, it, it just becomes even more fun than than, you know, the initial entry into it so no i'm you know i think bikes are awesome like and and i've i've always appreciated and i just said this to um i did an interview with monster hydro uh just before this call i said the one thing i've always appreciated about bikes is you can accessorize a bike in any way shape or form you want there is no standard to any bike other than the uci weight limit restriction but you can put whatever you want on a bike when you're at home. You know, you can take the latest bike with DI2 or SRAM AXS and aero wheels, and you can take them all off and you can put cow horn handlebars on, BMX grips <laughs> and mountain bike brakes and make it into, you know, something that you would ride up and down your street doing wheelies on. So That sounds like a beautiful bike. That sounds cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it be? It would be. I mean, that sounds like uh, my good friend Andy Chastain's bike. He his big uh, vibe and style for riding is he takes the Allied gravel bike and then throws on like I think forty fives and uh, throws on yeah just regular cow bars and uh, just rips in the desert. Uh, so yeah, he, it, there's that that style is yeah it's out there. It's cool. I dig it. Yeah, I saw uh, Taylor Finney. Uh, Taylor Finney. Sorry. Yeah, Taylor did. Did, Taylor did that at 24 hours, too. Yeah, uh, he made that bike for Allied, and it just looked like a boatload of fun. You know, flat yeah. bars, a good time bike, you know. Almost, flat pedals. Yeah. BMX I mean, pedals. It was killer. That That's the thing. There's no standard. It's your bike. You, you do to it as you see fit. I, I feel like that, though, is from someone from like a bmx background like i feel like that's because if you go and talk to like a 35 like a normal masters cyclist who kind of came into the sport for like kind of reasons like you said before like to lose weight to just get faster or whatever to you know that's kind of their reasoning is like but or their their way of seeing it but like i i just feel like with bmx you have a lot of freedom to experiment with that and create such a beautiful i mean you usually you know you can have like colored tires on your bmx bike you go you have a lot of fun is that do you think that comes from that for you you know from your background of that and slapping on you know that's one thing i loved about your open bike that you had at bwr was you slapped on some monster energy stickers and it looked killer just like a you know bmx bike you know yeah i I you know i think i think um you know, one one thing I've always loved about BMX is like I've I've always tried to ride something that's not stuck. So I I understand that, you know, every bike company has a certain bike that they want to sell in a certain color. I get that; it makes sense. However, you know, for me, you know, the reason I got into BMX was I I, I could turn 
any bike into any color I want. I could put any yeah. color grips against any color tires, against any colored wheels, against any color pedals. And, you know, just being able to accessorize like that is fun. It makes that bike a creative representation of its rider. So, you know, I, I was, you know, I've been looking at gravel bikes and I love all the colors. They're amazing. I, I love the blue bike that I got right now. And I'm sure that that's going to change in the not too distant future. But, you know, it, it, having come from a road and, 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 you know, I think there's a certain amount of like, you know, kind of uh, there's a polished look to road biking that I think has just transferred, you know, over into gravel that I, I, I think it's just like kind of crept over and everybody's still in you know, kind of like uh, spandex tops and spandex shorts. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, it's almost like expected. Skin suits? Like, yeah, skin suits could, could you believe those guys wearing skin suits in the race, man? Uh, was... Well, you know, it, again, uh-huh. they're, they're professional racers. I, I don't think they, you know, I think that's that's what they know. That's what works for them. And they came to the race with an agenda. And uh, it was it was to do well. It was to race against other fast, like-minded individuals that have come from world tour teams or an incredible background in uh, in in cycling. But you know, when I, when you look at gravel on the whole, it's like you know the bikes are so you know accessory-minded. So why isn't the clothing matching that? I think when you know, when there'll come a time where it'll be, you know, whatever you want to wear goes, you know, like spandex seems to be working for now, but, you know, I don't know. Like, I'd love to think that, you know, gravel riding could come with its own kind of fashion of its own. Got you your know? outside your like, short pockets. Why, that's, that's the, that's the gravel pack. You, you just, you describe, you're describing everything imaginary collective is trying to do right now. I, right. You know, we what? believe that we believe that you sh- the clothing companies right now are creating just these like, oh, slap a pocket on the bibs and call it a gravel uh, bibs or whatever. It's like, no, it's there's a whole collection that nobody's even realizing. There's a whole and like my whole idea and vision is basically like from race to campfire. What would you wear? So what are you going to race into then basically chill around the campfire? And sure. that's how I kind of view is gravel is just that ability to and plus i riding the gravel bike makes me feel like a child and when you wear that t-shirt or something and it's flapping in the wind and you can feel the breeze and you know it just makes you feel like a kid again riding the bike you know and feel you feel cool i guess yeah and that that's how it should be you know i i think the gravel bike is is kind of that you know i mean it's kind of a rebellious road bike you know it 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 wants to it wants to go off road it wants to go all the places that its road bike brother can't go and uh it doesn't i like that that's so cool it doesn't care how it looks to get there it just wants to go everywhere where the other one can't so you know i I think there has to be a style that kind of matches that too and you know i don't think that that style has really integrated itself along with the bike yet but when it comes of course it, it, it's going to be cool it, you know yeah. why why can't you wear you know um you know like padded 
mountain bike shorts why you know why can't you wear a t-shirt why can't you wear a denim shirt like it, yeah. who's, who's making up the rules for gravel um you know I, Thank I, goodness, I think that's nobody, the man. appealing part that's of it right. is, is and i hope I, per, I personally hope that it stays this way is you know road has a style that everyone expects it's like you know white socks white shoes your your spandex and call it good mountain bike you know you have like your baggies and you know your visored helmet uh i think that the cool thing about gravel is that there is no there is no written rule like tj can go wear a t-shirt and Stetna can wear a skin suit and you're all in the same race and you're still racing. It doesn't matter. Like, and I think that that's like, I think that that's yeah, why yeah. people are drawn to that. Uh, you know, the environment that gravel's created is, is that this should be, you know, do, do what you want. Like we're, we're riding bikes. Yeah. And what, that- what other, what other environment also do you get a, where like you said, you're racing Stetna and Jamie Beswick in the same race or you know tyler like there's all these what's so cool is anyone can start at the start line and it you know you're it's not just like the pros category or the cat one category or the cat twos it's everyone's there which is just another i think awesome aspect where it just turns it more into this cool uh festival yeah let me let me rephrase that statement uh, if you're having a really good day, you're racing Statna, and if you're having a bad day, you're racing <laughs> <Jamie> <laughs> <Bestwick>. <laughs> Regardless, it's a good day then. Regardless, it's, I mean. Regardless, though, what 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 other race can you say that or events? You know, where it's like you have this guy who's pro BMX, and you have this guy who's pro cycling. You know, World Tour, and it's the same event. So it's I think that's what's so cool. Yeah. No, I think you know a lot of people were very surprised in Cedar City to see everything from professional downhill mountain bike races to BMX riders to ex-world tour riders to, you know, USA champion XC riders, and then everything in between. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that, that's the beauty of, of gravel, I guess, you know, be, because it hasn't been infiltrated by these teams. Uh, even though guys ride for teams, they're not, specifically working on behalf of a team leader it's it's still everyone is riding for themselves and i think that is like the 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 real real attraction of these races is it's it's all on the individual you know you've got to go out there and if, if you're prepared to do the work on yourself and take that gamble then it's on you because nobody's nobody's going to give you a hand you know you'll ride as a collective but they're not here for you to help you win. They're here to help themselves win. So, you know, I love that aspect of it. And I love that, you know, especially my journey in Cedar City and my BWR race, I would run into people that, you know, would race crits out in California to, you know, Jay Thomas, the owner of uh, Factor. Factor Bikes. And champion system, yeah. Yep. And... And then I would run into a 15-year-old, you know, prodigy road racing kid. And then I would run into guys on a tandem. And so you you were just surrounded by all these different people that came from all these different backgrounds that all had different goals. And it was awesome. You know, It, it, it really was. And for everybody to be in one big, you know, start in the beginning was it's it's a proud moment for any cyclist to be a part of such a big community of diverse people 
all riding towards the same goal, which was to get to the finish. Yeah, I think that's you nailed it on the head, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome hearing you talk about your love for gravel. I think you're hooked, man. No, I I love it. One, you know, you don't see too how many, often too many cars you, out do you there. Train? How often do you train on your gravel bike? On my gravel bike? Well, luckily, uh, the weather's going to be really nice. So I'll be out five days this week riding around. So I do as many training rides as I can. Um, I probably got a couple days on Zwift this week just because the weather's really, really cold. But I try and ride as much as I can outdoors. Like I live in a beautiful part of Pennsylvania. And I'm very lucky we have some incredible gravel riding out here. So, you know, I, I, I get out as much as I can uh, on, on the gravel roads because fall is a phenomenal time of year in Pennsylvania. The colors are spectacular and um, we've got good riding. And there's a, I, I, I ride with a couple of my friends who are phenomenal riders themselves and I enjoy it. You know, there's, Sometimes with roads, you know, I, I like getting out on the roads, but I tend to head towards the back roads where there aren't so many cars and I'm not going to be bothered by so many people. Um, but riding gravel, you know, when you're on asphalt, you're on similar surface all the time. When you're on gravel, it can change every, every you know, 100 meters, every half mile, every mile. You could be on, you can be on so many different types of gravel and riding surfaces throughout the duration of your ride that it just makes everything that much more interesting. And so that's from hard turn from gravel, then you said, you mentioned that you're going to be doing some Zwifting too. How's the Zwift? Have you gotten into the Zwift? Has that like gotten your competitive attention as well? Or is that just mainly training for training tool for you? No, I, I like Zwift. It's it's incredibly fun. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's good to go on there and jump in the the group rides and stuff like that. But when I train on Zwift, I absolutely <laughs> hate it. Uh, there's nothing worse. It's so hard. It's so hard. Uh, and it's like my, I'm surprised my wife hasn't divorced me because there's so much profanity coming out the garage when I'm on a Zwift training ride. It's, it's almost like I'm, I may as well just have my bike set on the, the hardest setting and then I'll grab a hammer out my tool chest and just beat myself over the head while I'm trying to pedal mm. at the same time. It's, I, I love it, but I also there, there's also a side of me that really, uh, that I, I don't know if it's like, if it's boredom or it's just that I maybe have it on the wrong setting. I tend to ride on uh, erg mode yeah. a lot, so I find it incredibly that sounds like That sounds like a hammer over the head. Uh, I can't do the erg mode. We do I've, – I've, I've done quite a bit of Zwifting this year and Zwift racing, but I can't – Yeah, I'm going Tyler's to Zwift going Worlds, to Worlds actually in like a month. For the, you, going while oh, participating in because I don't have to go anywhere. Which is, fun. is it uh, – are they doing a yeah. live feed for yeah, that? Because yeah. they do a live yeah, feed so, for a lot of their uh, races. We're doing – we did not do it today, but normally there's a Zwift Premier League uh, series, so we're doing that weeklies on Monday. That's right. Um, and then, yeah, they'll, I'm I'm sure there's a a live feed for Zwift Worlds, so that's like giving me a nice winter winter goal uh, to prepare for. But I can't do the erg mode. That's not 
I don't know. I think that the fun part of Zwift is is the fact that the, you can feel the train change, and it's supposed. I feel like the erg mode just like takes that out of it. It becomes just running in like a normal trainer again for me. For me personally, anyway. A trainer, yeah. But I mean, I've I found it as a as such a good training tool, um, especially you know the racing is so hard on there that. Uh, oh, the the yeah. racing's tough. It is. It is so tough. I jumped on a, I jumped on a couple races, and I, I, I would get thrown off because you know you're either going hard from, uh-huh. from mile one, or you're along for the ride, just coasting for a, a little bit, and then everybody it, it explodes yeah. after that. But uh, you, you never really can tell because there's so many people that are signing up for races. And it's all about the, those people who are going to dictate the pace yeah. straight out the gate. So you never know what you're going to get. Um, the, in, in my group, I'm a, I'm a B group rider. So I'm at the mess yeah. of the hotheads who are really going to charge yeah. out the gate or not. So, but it's fun. Awesome. I, lo- I love it. I, 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 just, I just did one uh-huh. too um, the other week. And, and that was, uh, it was funny because with all the commenting on Zwift, I really enjoyed seeing the same comment just keep popping up and popping up. And it was almost like, you know, the yeah. kid in the back of the car, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I was dying on the trainer because I knew how much further it, it is to the top. And just all these, all these like, you know, dads on indoor trainers are just like, is anybody at the top yet? Have we is there the top a top yet? Climb yet? Is there a top? Just go. Yeah, I haven't made it to the top yet, actually. No, the conversations, the conversations on there are hilarious. I can't even believe they can have conversations while doing those races. Uh, I'm there suffering to breathe, and here they are just having full-on conversations. Yeah, well, you know, there's the Discord app, so people are having full-on conversations on uh on discord so you know i i did a i was lucky enough to do a ride uh-huh. with brian mcculloch and uh, i i jumped in with his group ride and you know everybody's chatting it up like it's uh, a regular you know uh evening group ride so it was kind of cool in that respect but if, if you're man if you're in a group race and you've got the discord app on holy the, smokes. I, I don't know like i mean a lot of the races that I've done the in the bigger ones, especially we'll be going, I mean, I'll be fully pinned and that those races are there full, full gas from start to finish almost. And there'll still be people like typing away in the little group chat and stuff. And I'm like, I don't understand how this is possible. Like it's, it's, it cracks me up, but the chat is definitely like a pretty cool feature of that. And it's, I think Zwift has been great also just for people. You can connect like you rode with Brian McCullough and you were probably on different kinds of sides of the country and, yeah, it's, it's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. No, I I think in this in this day and age of everything being, you know, kind of virtual, and uh, especially this year, I imagine Zwift has been an incredible uh, lifesaver for for many a cyclist that that hasn't been able to uh, leave the house during, you know, kind of lockdown and and the restrictions that are enforced. So yeah, I mean it's. It's awesome that you can still get out there and ride with your buddies and talk to them through through the Discord app and and just uh, uh, you know just make it as normal mm-hmm. as as we can. Absolutely. So you're working still in BMX. I think TJ told me you're you're coaching the British British national team. 
Yeah, I coach the uh, the the Great Britain uh, Olympic BMX freestyle team, and um, I've I've actually been up since five a.m. on a Zoom call for five and a half hours because they had a training camp in the United Kingdom, and obviously due to travel restrictions, I couldn't go back. But I was watching the team training and coaching them through Zoom this morning as they went through learning new tricks and, uh, you know, kind of making adjustments on the fly to their riding. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it, it's a great honor that's been bestowed upon me, especially after all the years of, ri of riding that I've done personally, um, that they've asked me to coach this remarkable group that's, of individual yeah, that, riders. Yeah, I'm sure that's really rewarding just to get in. You had, I mean, you're a legend of the sport, so getting to give back all the knowledge that you've, you've uh, obtained has got to be just really fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's really nice. And, and the great thing is, for me, it's like hugely rewarding when I see they have that kind of aha moment. And they're like, oh, I get it now. Like, you know, sometimes you have to constantly, you know, have one message, but say it five or five or 10 times, and you have to tweak the message. So it's the same message, but in a way that one of them actually sinks in and they get it and they're like ah oh, that's what he was talking about well why didn't you say that in the first place and you're like i've said it to you 10 times you just weren't listening or you or, or or i didn't get that messaging right but now you have we've accomplished something great so you know it's it's rewarding for me to 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 learn and understand how to be a coach and to to advise these kids on you know how to participate how to learn new new ways of riding you know to to do that is i mean in my lifetime it's uh it's a goal fulfilled yeah no that's and uh when did you start coaching or when did you when did they approach you or have you coached pr uh previous to them asking you to coach no i uh i've been with the the team now for over two years so we've we've spent two years competing in uh, well around the world um on, yeah. on the uci world circuit and we were supposed to be at the olympics this year but obviously due to everything you know going on in the world right now the olympics got postponed so we'll then head to tokyo next year all all mm -hmm. being well so mm -hmm. yeah it, it's been it's been an incredible journey for me to be with these guys um and uh, i'm very thankful that i i get the opportunity to be surrounded by such incredible talent yeah what's uh the biggest thing you've learned from you know these last few years coaching and, and you know having to figure out how to share your knowledge and everything you've gained during your years of riding you know i mean everyone has their knowledge inside them but i think to make a great coach is about learning how to figure out how to pull that out of them and you know communicate that to everyone else so what's how have you figured out how to do that or what's the biggest thing you've learned from them the like big, that the biggest thing i've learned is that patience is key you know you 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 have to really uh be be patient with the process and you you have to mm -hmm. be able to understand each rider you have to you know get them to understand that you know this is the process your, the goal that you stated that you want to fulfill, this is the process that we have to go through in order for you to fulfill that goal. 
And not only do I have to be patient, but the gains will be marginal or they'll be, you know, hugely, you know, incremental. And you have to be patient too that, you know, the goal that you want is a long-term goal and the short-term gains, they might not come to you straight away. You, you, you have to understand, uh, you know, that what you're trying to achieve isn't going to be done today because we're not going to the Olympics till next year. So we build each day. We build through perseverance, through courage and patience, all in service of the long-term goal, which is to go and to win the Olympics. And, um, you know, that's, that's something upon reflection when I look back at my own riding, because I had to kind of be my own coach, you know, I had to learn how to, you know, be persistent with my riding and, and get used to the idea of, of repetition and be patient, be courageous. You know, when, when I see an opportunity to, to, to pull the trigger on a trick, you know, te- seize, that, seize that moment, go for it, have belief in myself. So all these things are, are starting to resurface in me and uh, I, I kind of have to have the patience in when to push them onto the riders at the right time so that it gives the maximum effect on the rider. Awesome. Did, Jamie, did you happen to do any like um, coaching or mental side, you know, like uh, taught to you when you were younger in your career, like uh, sports psychology, basically, and because the way you're so positive, you're so, you know, seeing that bigger, not a lot of athletes can see that. And I'm not, uh, I'm just wondering, it sounds, you just have a lot of, you know, it sounds, yeah, I worked with a sports psychologist when I was in the 2017 to 2018, I think 2019. And it was one of the best things because it like really helped me kind of see and plan what you kind of talked about. No, I, I've never, I've never worked with anyone to be how fair. How have you been so, how have you been, how have you learned this attitude of such optimism, positivity, and always trying to find the bit, like, there's a brighter, yeah, there's always, you know, a, a, something good and a negative, because not a lot of people have that, uh, and a lot of, so what's, how have you figured out how to do that, or how, how have you figured out how to be positive like this? I figured out how to be positive by getting dragged right down to the bottom of the barrel next to negativity. You know, I, 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 got, I got taken down to the, the depths of my own, you know, personal well-being uh, that, you know, that through uh, an incredibly competitive environment took me down there. Um, you know, and, and I saw the only way out was to, you know, to really value you know what i have and myself and appreciate the things that i took for granted and and when i started to look at the bigger picture and and really the effect that i was having you know in my sport through my riding and you know then then that's that's every every thing that i always wanted when i i started out in bmx i i always wanted to to ride really good and to make friends and have fun and really, you know, push that uh, onto other people. And it was only by, like I say, going right down to the bottom 
and 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 getting depressed and and taking the injuries and and not dealing with them in the right way and and trying to ride when I was severely compromised and 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 literally pushing my body to its physical limit to where you know it would break both physically and and mentally that I had to stop and and really kind of look around and reflect and and see you know the the damage I was doing to not only myself but my surroundings too my family my friends my you know my riding because you know everything just feeds into all aspects of your life that I had to turn it around and that I and then I had to use you know uh everything I'd learned and loved over the years as a tool for me to 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 expand my vision to to see that this is not the correct way to to live your life this is not enjoyment this is not something that I can pass on to others as a a great example of a being a champion in your sport of course with everything comes hard work but that wasn't the right way you know so I I I I really try and embrace everything I do and I really, you know, err on the side of positivity because, you know, when I look back at some of the most crucial moments of, of my life, of my cycling career and of my own personal happiness, they were done by being calm and happy. And that brought incredible amounts of contentment. You know, to, to accomplish a trick that nobody's ever done before, I had to reach a place where I was content, I was happy, and I was focused. And then I would be able to, to, to give that trick my full attention, to win a contest and, and break a record for the, the longest streak or whatever it was, whatever the goal was. I had to find that happiness and I had to find contentment. Otherwise, I would just be stuck in that same place I never wanted to be in and, and, and that I had to work so tirelessly. I think that that's powerful because I, I can relate a lot wow. to what you, what, what you just said, which is my own short career so far is pushing, pushing, thinking you're doing the right thing by pushing extra hard or pushing too hard at times. And then you end up just like doing more and more and more damage and never actually, you're just working against yourself. Um, and I think the way you just described it is super important for young athletes to listen to because in the end, you know, you think that oh, I'll just work harder or I'll just try harder. And, and we all end up going through this process of like, you beat your head against the wall long enough. Then, then you realize like, wait, I'm just doing this all wrong. Um, so yeah, that is a really powerful story. It, it, it's awesome to be driven. You know, everybody has the drive to accomplish a goal. And, and in order to accomplish that goal, you have to work hard. But if you're driven to the point of where you're driving people away from you, you've lost all the good things about the journey towards the goal. You know, nobody is ever self-made. You always need great people around you and you always need people to inspire you and to and 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 to always see your vision as you know sustainable and no dream is ever too big you know because some some you know when you explain your goal to some people 
it's way over their heads and it's something that that they themselves could never imagine and it's something that they themselves you know kind of laugh at and can't see within you but you know when you have that great support network and they're behind your drive for your goal you know that's that's something that you know you have to have the right drive to work with them to work towards your goal and to work towards accomplishment versus working so hard that you drive everything out the picture it's almost like there's a straight line and if anyone good or bad is in that direct route you you just clear them out the way and you know that maybe you, you you're talking a very select group of guys that maybe accomplish that goal but they 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 really don't you know, kind of uh, build that love and appreciation along the way. They're always known as that that competitor, that guy who was so driven that he would burn bridges to light his path to the goal. And that that just there's there's guys out there. We've I've, we for sure have seen them in our sport. Uh, uh, of course, you know, but you know, in in the years to come, their legacy won't be one that's as remembered as a guy that inspired people on his way to greatness. They'll always, they'll, they'll always fall by the wayside because that's not the right path. The right path is to work with to, to work on your goal and to work on it the right way so that you, you not only fulfill it, but you inspire the people around you because of your drive and your passion towards fulfilling and succeeding in that goal. Rather than your relentless, just get out of my way and I'll win at all costs, which, you know, yeah, there are people like that in the sport, but, um, you know, the, there's, there's way more of the other side of the coin. And Well, I think you hit it on the head there where, I mean, you talked about those pe- inspiring those people to then achieve that goal. But the beauty is once you've inspired those people as well and you've given your all and let's say you came up short of that goal, they're still supporting you and like even more. You know what I mean? Like that's whereas you go push through everyone uh, and you still fail. Then people are going to be like, hey, look at that guy, you know? Well, you know. You know what are they, what are they going to say when you you know you push them out of the way they're disposable they're you know they they were great friends for a long time but then they're suddenly gone because of this insane drive and 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 kind of win at all costs attitude like that that they're only going to turn around and use it as some kind of peace of mind for themselves to say yeah he deserved it he got everything that was coming to him and it, and in many respects they're absolutely right. You know, you, you, if you want to achieve greatness, you have to work with the people around you because it's that support network that's going to lift you up. And in turn, you being that positive and, and driven role model is going to lift the people around you as well. So you have every chance you can to succeed. And even if you fall short, you gave it your all. And you can look at everybody in your support network and everybody along the path to, to you meeting your goal and say to them, I have no regrets because I gave it everything I had. On that day, it just wasn't my day. I'd done everything right up until something. And then you, 
You know what those guys do? They go right back to the start and they go through the process all over again. And they, and they work at it from a different angle and they, they fine tune it along the way to the goal using the great people around them and even bringing in other influencers and, and other people to, to add you know, that, that little extra that they need in order to succeed in their goal. And, you know, the other guys, it's, uh, you know, you, you sometimes find it's a very lonely existence when you, when you push the people that, that you love and that, that also care for you out the way just to be so narrow-minded in, in yeah. getting that goal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you definitely have us. I mean, this is one of the most inspiring conversations I feel like I've had in a long time since riding with you in Belgian Waffle Ride. It's it's really awesome hearing a coach and just such a legend in the sport. But like I said, refreshing hearing a coach talk about like talk like that. You know, uh, it's really cool. No, you know, I mean, we're only here once. You know, and I think sometimes we're all convinced that there's a sequel. Um, but we really are only here once. So, you know, much like the first man on the moon, wouldn't you like to leave the biggest imprint on this planet as you could in your time here? Like, I know I do. I, 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 I want to help as many people as I can. And the knowledge that I've learned and the experiences that I've been through in my life, if I can help anyone out with information, with the, with the knowledge, with a helping hand, you know, if I can do that, then when I when I go to take my last breath on this earth, I'll have no regrets, and I, I and I've left the right impression on this earth that I that I've wanted to. Wow, wow, that's I think honestly I think we should leave go it out with the bear. <laughs> uh, that was that yeah honestly jamie I, I feel bad i feel like we hardly touched on your bmx career i feel like we hardly but i, I think that you, you just turned this podcast into such an inspiring episode of and i can't wait for a lot of these younger athletes because i think everything you said is everything these young athletes especially in the road scene i think road cycle i don't know how, you know, but I feel like young kids in the road scene really take it aggressively. And I can't wait for everyone to hear what you had to say, because this was literally phenomenal. You know, a great pe piece of advice I got many, many years ago was make friends and influence people. And if, if, if you can do that, you'll go a long, long way. Because, you know, you know, friends are important. And you'll be surprised that the friend that you met today, that 10 years down the line will, you know, still be a friend, but he'll be, he'll be somewhere at a time where you need him. It's, uh, it's remarkable how that works. And, and to always influence people through, you know, you yourself being a good human being and, and, a, and a positive role model for, for your sport or life in general, regardless of, of what you do. You know, it's it's good to be a positive influence on people and uh, yeah, make friends and influence people. Somebody told me that years ago yeah. and 
you know, I uh, I try to kind of live my life by it. That's killer. So uh, how can how can everyone listening follow you, Jamie, through your it's, it's social media, your straw? What's the best? What are your account names so people uh, can give you it, a follow? It's just it's just Jamie Bestwick on everything. So I uh, all the social media. My social media is just fun. I just have a good time, and uh, you know. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed meeting you for the first time at BWR. That was, uh, I, I, you know, kind of got introduced to you. And I, I really didn't know your rich history in cycling before, you know, I'd, I'd kind of seen you on Instagram and, and then ridden with you out in Utah. But, um, you know, you're a, you're a hell of a guy and you're a very, very positive person. And you, you bring a fresh approach to riding a bike that, in in a spot in a spot like gravel is is kind of much needed, so I think I think your parents must have you know met each other at Woodstock oh, man. and just had, had a grand old time. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like them for sure. That sounds like them for sure. I'm saying that because that's like kind of the opposite, but uh, that's funny. That's so funny. No, Jamie, I really appreciate. It was so great meeting you in person and. When I told Tyler, I was like, dude, we, I've been wanting to have you on this podcast for the last few weeks. The moment I met you, just because I told Tyler how positive you were and how awesome you were. And uh, so it was awesome getting you on here. And uh, yeah, so what do you have first. next? So we can kind of cheer for you. What's going on next? You know? Uh, well, like, uh, do you have, like, what are you doing for the, like, what's next for the BMX program so people can kind of stay up to date for your, coaching for the guys at great british program or well we'll start up the uci world cups next year when when they figure out the date for that and obviously the olympic test event and then when all the nations involved go to the olympics in tokyo next year which will be absolutely incredible um for me next um believe it or not i am racing a well, I'm not allowed to say, but I'm racing a hybrid car in a rally car race in Olympia <sighs> in a week and a half's time. So I'm going to be out on the in what? Seattle, is it Washington State? Yeah, it's Washington State. Yeah. So I'm going to be out in Washington State and then I'm going to be out in California in December. Um, I got some I got some fun things going on out there. And then from there on out, it's right. training for right BWR San yeah, Hopefully, Diego. I'll see you there. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait. Great. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure the you'll same. suffer a little less than me, but speeds. all the same. <laughs> but the suffering is the same. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, if uh, if suffering is the name of the game, then I think. Uh, everybody went through the ringer on the final climb on Canaraville <laughs> Mountain. Were you uh, Were you able to stay on your bike? N- uh, no, my legs fully cramped up about halfway <laughs> up the climb. But there was, we were m- myself and Jay Thomas were riding up the climb, and he was struggling, and I was struggling way worse than him. And I finally got off my bike, and a guy that I'd been yo-yoing with all afternoon came riding up behind me and it was kind of one of those moments where I was like a little bit defeated because I was like man I thought I finally got rid of you and here you are again and he literally rode 20 feet 
in front of me, stopped turning the cranks, <laughs> and fell completely over into all the silt and dust. He never even tried to unclip. And me and Jay were stood there, and I, I, I couldn't laugh because I was just so tired, but I wanted to laugh so bad. And we, I looked at Jay, and I was like, you didn't even try to get off your bike. He's like, I'm absolutely whooped. And I was like, well, that's the story of everybody's race to this point. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of a funny moment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what a race that was. Like, the single track to finish was the highlight of the day for me. That was awesome. Yeah, that was so fun. That was so fun. Because, I mean, it was real mountain bike single track. Yeah. So really cool. Yeah. Well, awesome, Jamie. Well, again, we're super grateful for your time and uh, your conversation and all your knowledge today. Can't wait to share it with everyone. So thank you so much. No, thank yeah, you guys. Thank you. And uh, have, have a, a great day. week. And I appreciate being on the podcast.